as we've been going here in First Peter. <clears throat> Remember, Peter is talking to these folks that were scattered around to the Jewish believers that were having troubles and persecution. And in the first chapter, he's encouraging them in their salvation, in what they've got in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to be encouraged with what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Great and wonderful things that are promised. And uh, they're at hand to be shown. And we actually live them. It'll be a, a wonderful time. We've just been reading a book. <clears throat> and I was reading early this morning about heaven. And uh, he, he didn't use imagination. He used the scriptures. But he went to a lot of different scriptures. And it was a blessing just to be encouraged in, in those things. So hopefully we'll be encouraged to walk in our faith as we should, even though we've been locked down and locked out and <laughs> not allowed to visit, but we're able to come back in, in a form. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the study from First Peter. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you have done for us, what your Son has provided for us. Lord, the wonderful plan of salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. May we rejoice in that. There's wonderful things for the future. There's blessings now. And Lord, we pray for the blessing of fellowship tonight and the blessing of your word, that your blessing would be upon it as it is shared tonight. We might be encouraged in our faith. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Now, in, in verse 23, it tells us we're born again, and we're born again by something, by the Word of God, by the Word of God. <clears throat> Faith cometh by and hearing by the? That's in Romans. This is in Peter, so it's consistent there. Um, <clears throat> as you think of being born again, what passage comes to your mind? What is it? What? Yep. What does it say? <laughs> what does it say? Yeah. <laughs> to be born again, you must be born again. Yeah, must, yeah. <laughs> and unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's, it's pretty clear cut, and I think that's where we'd go to. Someone said to me, well, born again is not a Christian term. Because that was in the Gospels, and that's Old Testament-like transition. It, but you know when when you hit it with a question like that you say, uh, uh, <laughs> and you're trying to make it well here in Peter it almost says it <laughs> well it says it being born again verse 23 but then they say oh well Peter wasn't Paul so you don't listen to that <laughs> you see for, and oh well what can you do with somebody that's that way minded being born again not of corruptible seed so praise the Lord we are born again and um, <clears throat> I don't like to cheapen the word, but for the sake of salvation, I've called this the spin-offs of, of our salvation, the, the blessings, to keep the S's going in our outline, the, the S, the spin. But uh, the blessings or the results of our salvation, just a few here that we pick up before we move into chapter 2. And in verse 22, we find there, seeing that you have purified your souls. Purified your souls. <laughs> And can anything impure come before the Lord? Is anything that's impure acceptable to God? No. And praise God, we've been purified by the gospel when we believed. And 
I went through our hymn book, hymn book there, and found 20, just at a quick count, that mentions the blood of Christ. 20 songs. And praise the Lord, we've still got them. And we mentioned this, that I think, last week. Purification by the blood of the Lamb. Let's look at Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14. Well, 13 and 14. And this is talking about that group there. That will be saved in the tribulation as a result of the preaching of the 144,000 two witnesses. But there it tells us there... And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these, and where they come from? Who are they? He said, Thou knowest. They came out of great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, purified by the blood of the Lamb. And we're told in Revelation 22 and verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments and are washed and are purified. And in John chapter 17 and verse 17, sanctified by the word sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth sanctify purified and uh, <clears throat> that's the way we can be accepted before god and no other way all our righteousness is if we go before him with our works all our righteousness are as filthy rags they're not they don't purify us and this is what religious people think they can be purified by the workings of their own hands and sanctified they cannot we cannot through the truth by the word or through the word by the truth <laughs> washed washing of water by the word in another place it says james 4 8 reads draw near to god and he'll draw near to you cleanse your hands ye sinners and purify your hearts ye double-minded and so by drawing nigh to god you know <laughs> as the priest got closer to God in the Old Testament and they got into the Holy of Holies where God's presence was they had to be very careful to be clean didn't they and to be purified otherwise they'd be dragged out of their dead and God wants pure people he wants us to be clean vessels he wants us not to try to minister the word of God with impurities in our life he wants us to confess our sins and to walk after him close after him in purity and second uh, <clears throat> corinthians 7 verse 1 having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god and so having these promises Let's cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. It's so easy to get filthy. Where's an example of that with the apostles? <clears throat> what did John teach them in John chapter 13? There's something about purity, about the confession, about the, the daily defilement they got as they walked around. Can you remember that? He got a basin and washed their feet. And it... Peter said, all over, no, wash your feet, wash your hands. The, the, the daily cleansing we need, and, and, as, and the word is nipto, like you go into the bathroom, you have a bit of a nipto, you just splash the face, wash the hands, get the COVID off, <laughs> and, and move on. The impurities that you pick up during our daily walk, the things you see, the things you hear, the things you think, we need to 
purify ourselves as it's there. <clears throat> purify your hearts, ye double-minded. In, in um, <clears throat> perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Second Corinthians seven one we just mentioned, and First John three three. And every man that has this hope, and it's the hope of the Lord Jesus coming, hope in Him, purifieth himself even as He is pure. We don't want to get caught red-handed committing sin with unconfessed sin in our lives and hearts. One day there's a generation it's going to happen to. <laughs> but th that's why the Lord taught that his coming was imminent. If you, if you, have you ever had visitors promise to come and they said we'll be there on Wednesday and they don't turn up till Thursday, but on Wednesday morning you got up early and what did you do? Cleaned the house. Cleaned the house. <laughs> Cleaned the house <laughs> purified it up, washed it, make sure the kids' prints were all off the mirrors and everything else and... And now you have to sanctify it even further with uh, sanitizer and all the, well, if you go that far. But uh, <clears throat> to pure, would we want to be caught with an unclean house ourselves when the Lord comes? I don't think so. Not to be ashamed before him at his coming, he says. So the spin-off and result of our salvation is that we walk in purity. We walk as he wants us to walk. We walk pleasing to him. We don't fill our lives with things that are not pure. And, and there are plenty of it around today. It's everywhere in the media. <clears throat> I had one pastor, when I was dealing with uh, divorce and remarriage, the issue some time back, he told me that I was being overmuch righteous. And I knew in my head that rung somewhere, and it was in the book of Proverbs. Does that mean, well, you know, a little sin won't hurt. If you know you're doing it, it doesn't really matter. And uh, how did I reply to him? <laughs> and immediately, immediately come to mind an area where he was, he, he could be claimed to be that way. I didn't accuse him of that, but I just said, well, what about this area? You know, you really hammer this. He didn't say anything. <laughs> but we can't, I don't think the Lord, Lord's people can be over much righteous in their walk. In their, uh, yeah, yeah. The Lord understands, yes, we, are, we have a sinful nature. We're prone to sin, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, the songwriter said. But purification, a wonderful thing as a result of being saved, <clears throat> having salvation. And then the next one, that we go back to there in First Peter 1, um, 22, seeing that you have purified yourselves in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Unfeigned love. We'll look at that, the meaning of that word in a minute. The unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. As you read that, you say, oh yeah, love, love. Twice mentioned. <clears throat> but the two different, there's two different words that Peter uses in that one verse for the, for the word love. And what do you think they might be? Because we've, you know, you've heard them before. Yep, that's the two words that are used right here. <clears throat> Philadelphia, which is brotherly love, and agape, which is sacrificial love. And it's important that we share both of these. 
brotherly love, one with another, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're made in his likeness. And uh, <clears throat> agape love, because we belong to the Lord Jesus, we're sons of God. And that's a sacrificial love. Uh, <clears throat> we are all by nature selfish people. That's just in our gene, in our unsaved genes. <laughs> it's the way it is. But the miracle of salvation, he gives us his love. And by this, we are able to sacrificially love one another with brotherly love because we've obeyed the truth through the spirits moving in our life. God purified our souls and poured his love into our hearts. As Romans 5, 5 says, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who was given unto us. So by the power of the Holy Ghost, we shed abroad the agape love, the sacrificial love, the philae love, the, the brotherly love in our hearts by his strength. It's not in our strength we do it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is an evidence that we're truly born again, actually, according to First John and preached it not long ago in the, the uh, five um, things in First John that you can know that you're born again. And one of them is that we love the, bro the brothers and sisters in Christ. First John 4, 7 to 21. And that is sacrificial love there. So we love one another. Have, have you, during the lockdown, been concerned for other people? I pray that you have. And that they've come to mind and you've prayed for them. I was trying to ring around. I did it a, two or three times. And then I just, my voice was, gave up. <laughs> talking to, to people. I've been trying to talk to the ones that haven't been able to make it in. And so... You know, you, you, you're concerned. I, I pray that you have concern for them, a, a real concern. We are obedient children. We don't want to live selfishly. We want to share the love of the Lord given to us by the Holy Spirit ministering to others. Now, can we manufacture in our own strength true Christian love? No, we can't. We need the Lord. Listen to what Psalm 55:21 says. The words of his mouth are smoother than butter. We could say margarine. <laughs> but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. <laughs> That's the old man. <laughs> That's a wicked one. What does he do? Well, literally, we could say this is where that saying comes. People liked to get out of us something what do they do toward us? They, that's it. <laughs> they butter us up. I think this is right where it could come from. Psalm 55, 21. The words of his mouth are smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. He has no intention. He's just out for what he can get out of it or out of you. And as I've said before, <clears throat> the um, in the night classes, donkey changes ago back in the 90s there that, they said, I've been through it twice, I think now. They said, when you meet somebody, if they're unsaved, they generally look at you and think, what can I get out of them? What can I get out of them? But the Christian should not be like that. The Christian should be like what Philippians 2 says. <laughs> Have the attitude of Christ. That we are 
genuinely interested in one another. We have genuine Christian love for one another, a sacrificial love. How can I sacrifice myself for this person? Not what can I get out of them for me? That's a whole different thing. And it needs God's power for that to be present in our life. Love, the love that we share with each other and with the lost world must be generated by the power of the Spirit of God. Uh, <clears throat> and that's unfeigned love, as it talks about it here, unfeigned. And as, as I mentioned, we'll go back to that word unfeigned. And that word means sincere. The word sincere. And in Philippians chapter 1, in sincerity and truth. And sincere, sincerity means without, you've, I've, I've shared this recently too, without wax, without wax. It's not being glued together, a broken pot, piece of pottery, and they put it together, stick it together with wax, but in the, on the hot, when the, the hot day when the heat was turned up, what happened to the wax? What happened to the, stat, the uh, clay pottery or whatever it was? Fall apart, fall apart. And the, we're to have love, unfeigned, sincere, meaning without wax, genuine, without hypocrisy, of good character, lacking pretense or prideful show, without dissimulation. And uh, <clears throat> very important to show that. It's not only to be unfeigned love, but according to this verse in the, verse 22, the last word, fervent, fervent love. And this is an athletic term. It means striving with all of one's energy. Um, back in school days, maybe a little bit after, and some of those bodybuilders might do it, <laughs> but when you run in a race and you're younger and you've got the energy to do it, how much do you put in, the t how much effort do you put into winning the race? Back then, I mean, you know, when you get older, <laughs> you don't even try that. All the energy, you put everything, 100%, you know, you, you run till you're puffing and, and, and even harder, until you cramp up. Yeah. But, uh, and this is, what is, this is what this word means. The fervent love we have for one another is to be until we, you know, cramp up, until we can't go anymore. Wow. And, and you think of it back in the day when they, they were living, persecution, this is what Peter's dealing with. And there was the need of this fervent love for one another so that it, it you know it, it was all all in full on and as in an olympic contest christian love is not a feeling it's a matter of the will we will to show philadelphia love or philo love and agape love um, god did that if, as god looked down on fallen creation Oh, forget them all. <laughs> you know, he could have said that, but he had sacrificial love that he's willing to give, give, give and give and still giving. And he's still giving this world with all the people on it such, such wonderful opportunity through the media, through, through this <laughs> means of getting it out. Are they all, you know, flocking to the Lord? I've heard of one person coming just today I read about through COVID and the, the scare that gave someone, they, they repented and got saved. It was in a, a letter I read today. But 
You know, you praise the Lord, but not a whole lot. And God keeps giving, he keeps giving. And the response is no. No. Pray that it will change. It's not a matter of feeling, but it's a matter of willing. And this is something we must constantly work at and let the Holy Spirit love through us other people. <clears throat> and actually, it's the Word of God and the Spirit of God that saved us that also helps us to love one another. It's an impossible thing to love the truth and hate the brethren. The Spirit of God produces the fruit of the Spirit and, and the fruit of the Spirit. Can you start? What's the first one? Love. Love, <laughs> love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. And it goes on in Galatians 5. If we are filled with the Word of God, Colossians 3.16, let the Word of God dwell in you richly, and empowered by the Spirit of God, Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit, we will manifest the love of God in daily business, in daily experiences. And so God wants us to love one another. The spin-offs of salvation, purification, unfeigned, sincere love, and the last one there we could glean from that is the preaching of the gospel, by which the gospel is preached unto you. That was preached unto us, and we go out and preach it to others. And this is the result of salvation. If you're truly saved and your neighbour's not, and you think of it today, it could be tomorrow, none of us will be here, and they're going to go to hell if they don't get saved. Brotherly love, just... Human love would say, you know, we don't want to happen. Uh, <clears throat> that that would be terrible for, but it's it's going to happen one day, and multitudes will have to face some terrible, terrible days ahead. But Romans ten speaks of of that. We won't look that up. Preaching, proclaiming, telling the truth. We've been reconciled. Let's go out and do some reconciling. Let's take up the opportunity to talk to others about the Lord. 